0: Welcome to the Quick Fire Podcast. My name is Nathan Jackson. I'm here with Nathan Farmer. We got a very special episode for you today. Nathan, you want to tell him a little bit about what's going
1: on? Yeah, we just got done interviewing UVU men's soccer head coach Kyle Beckerman. We talked to him about uh, him getting honored at the RSL game tomorrow night against Portland. And then also about just how the season's gone in general. It's, it was a very fun interview. Very, uh, he's a very laid back guy. As somebody who hasn't really interviewed somebody too much, uh, it was a unique experience. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be getting to
0: that later in the podcast. First, let's kick it over, and we're going to talk about cross country. How'd they fare this week, Nathan?
1: Oh, I think we if we weren't breaking all sorts of copyright laws, we could plug in We Are the Champions right here. <laughs> but uh, Women's Cross Country, they won the WAC championship this past Saturday in Riverside, California. Uh, Wolverines had three of the top six finishers, uh, with Kayla Odekirk finishing third, Everlyn Kemboy finishing fourth, and Mazzy Mullaney finishing sixth. In addition to those three, Hannah Branch also earned all wac honors for finishing in the top 10 with a 10th place finish. So congratulations to them. That is a huge, huge accomplishment. That is very exciting news. Moving on to
0: men's cross country, they finished second to Cal Baptist, who swept the top five spots. Joffrey Kimboy finished sixth. Haptamu Chaney finished seventh. Britton Reynolds finished eighth, and Max Mayon finished tenth to earn All-WAC honors on the men's side. Both teams are now going to prepare for the NCA Regionals on November twelfth, hosted by BYU at the Timpanogos Golf Club. Pretty close to home. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll. I mean, obviously, it's technically not. I mean, it's about as close to home as you can get. Uh, I mean, you're going to have that's just right down the street. Uvu and BYU fans alike all over. Yeah, and there. I mean, if if there's, I don't know if there's home. Home field obviously, obviously, advantage, home field cross advantage in cross country, but, but like that's, if that's there a, is, they definitely have it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to women's volleyball, they defeated the Chicago State Cougars three to one on Saturday. Kazna Tanavasa had eleven kills. Kaylee Downs had ten, and the Wolverines combined for eleven service aces. Wow, that's that a lot. That is impressive. Yeah, Kristen Bell had four. And I was about Bryton to say. I'm sure Kristen Bell had her hand in a few of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Switching over to women's soccer. Uh, they defeated New Mexico State 2-0 to nil on Thursday. Then they turned around and lost to Grand Canyon 6-2 to two on Saturday, which was essentially the WAC Western Division championship game. The winner of that was going to be the, the winner of the West Division. The Wolverines jumped out to a 1-0 lead against the Lopes there on Saturday, but then Grand Canyon scored four straight to kind of put things out of reach there. So... Um, I guess that uh,
0: kind of principle we were talking about earlier with uh, how the Wolverine defense prevents shots on goal, but as soon as the other team starts to get shots, I think that when that defense is tested, I think it kind of gave way a little bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. That it was, a yeah, definitely a rough game there. Um, so with the loss to Grand Canyon, the Wolverines finished second in the WAC West division, which means they will need to win one more game in the WAC tournament to win the WAC championship. Uh, the Wolverines will face off with Sam Houston State uh, this Wednesday. Bearcats finished the season 8-9 and nine overall, but went 6-4 and four in conference. And if they can uh, defeat Sam Houston State, they will face off against the WAC Southwest Division champion Stephen F. Austin on Friday.
0: That should be a great game against a WAC newcomer coming down to the wire. Moving on to men's golf. They finished fourth at the Hokele Invitational in Hawaii last week. Caden Weber led the team with a fourth-place finish. Weber was named the WAC Men's Golfer of the Week following the performance in Hawaii last week. Women's Golf finished sixth at the Clash Boulder Creek in Boulder City, Nevada last week. The team started out strong, finishing their first day in second, but were unable to keep up that pace. Victoria Estrada finished just one stroke back for a second-place individual performance. Her four-under-par, 54-hole score was a school record breaking her own record from last year. These were the last golf tournaments of the fall season, and they'll be back in action starting again in February.
1: Um, switching back over uh, to men's soccer, they closed out their home season last week with a pair of games against the top two teams into the com- in the conference coming into this past week um, in Air Force and Grand Canyon. In um, that game on Thursday, they defeated the Falcons uh, 3-0, Um, Behind three late goals, Alejandro Silva scored in the 65th minute, Aaron Nixon in the 68th, and Carter Johnson in the 77th. Uh, But then they fell to number 25, Grand Canyon, on Saturday, uh, 1-0 despite out-shooting the Lopes,
0: 13-5. And they currently sit in 6th place in the WAC with 15 points. UVU needs either a win or a tie to quench the number 6 seed in the WAC tournament next week in Phoenix. Last game of the regular season is this Friday at Cal Baptist. The match starts at 8 Mountain Daylight time and can be streamed on ESPN+. Plus. That is a major game for UVU's
1: postseason hopes. Yeah, for sure. And I believe Green... Or not, excuse me, Green King. Uh, Cal Baptist, I believe they're currently in 5th place, but I think they've... Locked in that fifth place spot, so I don't think U V can move up at all. It's just a matter of locking in that
0: last spot and clinching that last spot. So I think that U V has a lot more to play for, but that doesn't mean that Cal Baptist Baptist won't show up and be ready to play. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of men's soccer, now we're going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to go ahead and uh, play our interview from Kyle Beckerman that was recorded earlier today. When we come back, we'll have news and notes ready for you, but go ahead and give it a listen. Well, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us. My name is Nathan Jackson. I'm the sports editor here at the UBU Review. Uh,
1: and I'm Nathan Farmer. I'm one of the staff writers here. Cool, cool. let that, that you, go, you go. And
0: I guess we just, uh, what we wanted to talk to you about today is obviously you're being honored by Real Salt Lake. And uh, we just had a few questions kind of about that. And we thought it would be a good idea to get kind of your perspective on that so my first question for you is uh how has the transition from player to coach gone and what's been the biggest challenge and what's gone the best
2: it's It's, uh you know just just a a different style of of i mean a lot of some similarities for sure um you know trying to be even though i'm a coach you know coming showing up being a good teammate um you know not putting thinking you're above any job um whether that's getting cones or Filling waters, whatever it is to help the team, you know, I still stick to those same kind of policies. But I think as a player, uh, part of of being a leader is is your physical effort and what you do every day, um, how you practice every day, how you you show up for games every day, and that that amount of effort, it kind of you know just a physical effort out there you know gains some respect and in, in becoming a leader and as a coach you know that's not the case you're not able to put that physical effort out um you know like you were as a player so those are definitely you know it's just a different you know there's you have to lead in more of a socially way and, um, you know, more without just going out there and and playing your hardest and guys will lead because they see me working hard. So they'll work as hard. So now it's a way of, you know, kind of teaching them to, to act like that and to practice hard every day and to play the games. And, um, but it's been a lot of fun. It's just, it's, uh, really challenging. Um, but that's one of the things that I looked at, for this job was, I knew it was going to be a big challenge, but it was one that I wanted to take on.
1: Uh, Would you say that uh, your time as captain with RSL helped prepare you for coaching?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think just being around the game and being a pro for 21 years, you know, as, as I got older and um, gained more experience. And then as uh, my friends across the league started to retire and become coaches, you, you definitely start to, have different conversations off the field and you start to look at the game differently as, as they start to look at as coaches rather than players, you start to get a a new perspective of the game. And so I definitely kind of having those conversations with those friends of mine that got into the coaching and, and then just kind of going along the, you know, gaining more experience as a player. um, It helped me immensely for sure. It's a, it just, you know, I started to look at the game differently as a as a player and that definitely helped me transition over to just kind of look at the game in more of a big picture rather than just positionally.
0: And so when you were a player did you ever imagine that or did you ever think about becoming a coach after you retired or was that kind of something that happened after the fact?
2: Yeah, I always thought it might be something I'd be interested in. Um both my parents are, were school teachers. My brother he's the wrestling coach at Brown University, so there was a lot of teaching in my family. So I think that kind of had a natural, it it just kind of that teaching and and I've done coaching, you know, training kids in the past. So I kind of had that in my blood a little bit. So it was just a natural transition to be, to be a coach. It wasn't really that I was looking for sure. I'm going to go into coaching after I play soccer. But when this opportunity came, it just felt like the right fit and the timing was ready to, to get into this field.
1: Uh, what would you say made you decide to stay with RSL, and then ultimately still stay here in Utah uh, to coach at UVU?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I love Utah. My my wife's from Utah. Um, my kids are born here, so I had really no plans to to go anywhere. I, I just extremely just I love Utah, and so to stay in Utah and play in our beautiful stadium and in front of our fans. Um, I mean, that was the goal for the last 15 years while playing was to, you know, bring those fans uh, a smile for us winning a game and sending them home happy, um, bringing them championships and, and trying to do whatever we can because we know the backing was, was you know, they, they, they deserved wins for giving us so much support. So um, it, I just had so much fun here and, and playing for Real Salt Lake and I wanted to, you know, play it and do that as long as I could and and to try and help the team. And so to stay in Utah and play for ourselves for so long, it was a easy decision.
0: So how did your time at uh, Real Salt Lake and playing for the U.S. uh, men's national team shape your coaching philosophies? Uh, And is there anybody that you tried to model your coaching style after?
2: For sure. Anytime, you know, I was playing, I was always trying to soak up as much from the coach um, and try and learn, um, I think, you know, part of the way we play here in, in at Utah Valley, you know, we employ a lot of um, stuff from RSL with Jason Kreis back from uh, 2008 to 2014. The style of play that we we played at RSL, I try to bring that bring it here to UVU because it was. Uh, I had so much fun playing in that style, and we had a lot of success. So I figured, why not bring that to Utah Valley and see if we can um, you know have some success like RSL did. And um, so far, it's been just really cool to see these guys, you know pick up a new system. And and really implement it and um, finding some success with it and just getting an identity about us and that we know who we are and you know every game we go into we know what we're going to do and if we do it right we're going to win the game and um, so it, it's just good to that we've established I, I really feel you know that it's been a successful season just on those that we've established our identity and um, so RSL even the under 17 national team played the same st- system back when I was in high school. And I had so much fun in that system and then with RSL, So it seemed like a no brainer to bring it here to U- Utah Valley.
1: Um, and on that kind of that same tangent, how have you and the coaching staff and the players been able to create uh, team chemistry with such a diverse group of guys?
2: Yeah, just trying to, I mean, the, our biggest, our number one thing is be a good teammate, come to work every day, be a good teammate first and foremost. And, if you can you know really feel that the team is bigger and we can think about the team more than ourselves um it's it's tends to bring people together um when winning always helps bring a group together but i i mean i'm extremely lucky that the guys i got in this group are you know they have great bonds the new guys that came in they they started they gelled in with the with the guys that have been here for a while really quickly and i think just you know people and players they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves and, and they want to be a part of special seasons and in order to do that you have to have you have to have strong bonds in the locker room and so we encourage them right from the get-go to you know to make a spirit about the team and make it a strong spirit that we're all together and we're in this together and um they've bought in uh right from the start which i'm extremely grateful for and um So hopefully we can just, you know, keep it strong and, and, you know, winning helps to to kind of double down on the spirit. So, you know, we're looking forward to getting into this WAC champion uh, tournament and, and go on a run and see if we can really continue building a foundation for this team to go on for years to come.
0: Last question for you, for you, what does it mean to be honored by the club that you spent so many years with?
2: Yeah, I'm just uh, extremely grateful. I mean, thinking about, you know, growing up and, I mean, I had dreams to be a professional soccer player and, you know, I was able to achieve beyond my wildest dreams and to think that, you know, a professional club is going to honor me. It's just uh, it's surreal. So I'm just extremely grateful and just proud of of uh, just all the hard work I, I put in and um, that it came with s- some you know, awards and and, and honoring at the stadium is, is just bonus. I mean, really it was all about just my job was, I got, I was a professional soccer player and that was a dream as a kid. And I got to achieve that and and live that. And so anything else is bonus. So this, um, to be honored by the club I love is, um, it's, I'm just extremely grateful.
1: Well, thanks for spending the time with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks guys.
0: And now moving on for some news and notes. Speaking of Kyle Beckerman, Kyle Beckerman night is Wednesday night, November 3rd at Rio Tinto Stadium. Real Salt Lake will be honoring their former captain and current UVU men's soccer coach, Kyle Beckerman. Tickets are starting on sale at $5 for UVU students, and the match will also be broadcast on ESPN2. Uh,
1: Speaking of tickets, uh, women's basketball season tickets are on sale right now, uh, starting at $30 for the full season. Um, I know UBU students can get in for free, but if uh, anybody out there is not a UBU student and wants to come out and support the women's basketball team this season, uh, thirty bucks—that's a pretty modest price. And it's, uh, the women's basketball team is going to be uh, very good this season for sure. Moving on to uh, some wrestling no- uh, news: a uh, current UBU wrestler, Taylor Lamont, and former. Uh, UVU uh, wrestler Dylan Gregerson are currently in Belgrade, Serbia right now competing in the under-23 world championships in the Greco-Roman competition. I believe Taylor is actually wrestling as we speak. And he's
0: wrestling for that bronze medal match, correct? Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have the results... Probably, Probably next week. Probably next week. It's we we tried to like to line it up, stats, but, but it's he's actually in the middle of a match as we're recording this. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. yeah. And the the live stats like it was making us try to get like get like a subscription of subscription yeah. to watch it and stuff like that. But we'll we'll have the results for you next week, and I'm sure you can find that. I'm sure on GoUVU.com In the meantime, uh, and the rest of the wrestling team, they'll start the seat their season this Sunday. Uh, November seventh at the Northern Colorado Duels in Greeley, Colorado. And shifting gears from wrestling,
0: we've got NBA basketball. The Jazz. I guess my prediction was a little bit off base. I predicted that they would go two and two last week. They ended up going three and one. I think you were on the money.
1: Yeah, well, this this is how it always went last year. Bridger would sell the team short because he's a Jazz <laughs> fan, and then I'd be like, No, I think they're going to do good this week. See, but I'm not a Jazz fan, and that's why
0: I sell them short. <laughs> <laughs> but they did pick up the win against Denver and Houston. Lost to Chicago. Like I said, I, Chicago is a great team.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: They're like six and one now, right? Six, yeah, they're six and one. one. And Nikola Vukcevic is one of the most underrated players in the league.
1: Oh yeah, I mean that that whole team. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week about how there's like a transition from like back from super teams to more teams with depth, depth. And I think Chicago is definitely one of those teams. That can, especially in a in a Eastern, Eastern conference, conference, that's not super stacked. I mean, they can. I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago the Miami Heat, just a team that can get hot in the playoffs, and even last year with Atlanta too. Yeah, just a, a team that can get hot at the right time. They can almost make the finals or make. The they can be dangerous. The, the Heat. Yeah, I
0: think that that win against Milwaukee was a kind of a statement victory for the Jazz I don't think Mm -hmm. it was not even close from the get go and Mitchell didn't necessarily even play well to be honest I mean like I said before he's shooting average percentages at best he's Mm kind of every night he's going in shooting 9 of twenty four, nine of 25 like it's not he's well below 50% but at the same time he's not shooting 30% so I -hmm. think that he can definitely improve his shooting and if he does uh, I think that that team
1: can go a long way yeah, absolutely, and he's going to have a tough test um, this game tonight against the Kings. The Kings are on a roll. Yeah, one uh, Davion Mitchell. He's he he had he, he Donovan put Donovan Mitchell locked up. He put the clamps on him. Ago. Yeah, yeah. that was a, uh, that was impressive to see. Yeah, that's going to be a real tough game. I mean, the, the Kings had the Jazz down and out for pretty much half the game, like the second and third quarter, and then the Jazz came back in that game against the Kings a couple weeks ago. But I think, out of the four games this week, they're playing Kings tonight, uh, Hawks on Thursday, Heat on Saturday, and the uh, Magic on Sunday. I this might be a really hot take, but I think that Kings game is going to be the toughest. Of the four.
0: I honestly think you're pretty much on base. I think I don't think that. Atlanta will be the toughest game. I think that that's what some people may believe. I think it's between Miami and uh, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. I think that Miami's playing really well right now, and they got a well-rounded team as well. But um, I think that the Jazz will probably go 3-1 and one on the week. That's my prediction. I think that they will drop that game to Miami, but I think that they'll show up tonight against the Kings.
1: Yeah, see, I think I'm going to say the same just uh I think they're going to lose tonight to the Kings. I think the Kings will have a better game plan to be able to close out against the, uh the Jazz tonight, but then I think they'll sweep those three road games out on the East Coast against the Hawks, Heat and
0: Magic. I mean, in the NBA it's always it's you never have a give like a free yeah. win any yeah, given night. No, so, so no such thing as a gimme game in, in Orlando the team that's 1 and 6. I'm sure that somebody's probably going to go off for 40 points Yeah, yeah Any, anything can happen yeah and then, <laughs> for sure yeah that's all we got this week for the Fire podcast be sure to tune in next week so we'll give you more uvu sports content and uh, we'll see you next week